0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Transfer. We are continuing our series on Mark. I'm Jared. I'm Pastor Beck. And we are going to talk about the end of Mark 4 and Mark 5 today. Anything you want to chuck in there before we start this one, Pastor Beck?
1: No, I think you would have, in your discussion group, talked uh, all about not hiding your uh, your light under, you know, a basket, but letting your light for jesus shine you would have talked about the parable of the seed growing the parable of the mustard seed and you would have ended up uh really hopefully in verse 33 and 34 talking about the parables Mm. and how jesus used them and how he would explain them privately to his disciples but to the masses he would kind of leave the intrigue of the of the story, mm. So we're going to start today in verse 35 of verse 4. Uh, the heading in your Bible will say, Jesus comes a storm. So why don't you follow along as Jared reads it.
0: Damn. On that day when evening had come. So actually just going to stop there. This seems to be after doing a whole bunch of teaching. Just throwing that in there. He, yep. Jesus did a bunch of teaching. And the next part is, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. i got to stop right there. As a primary school teacher, if I was teaching all day in the sun, I <laughs> understand why he was asleep. I, just throw out. I get it. I get why Jesus would have been asleep, and they woke him and said to him, "Teacher, do you not do you not care that we are perishing?" And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "Peace, be still." And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He, he said to them, "Why are you so afraid? Have you have you still no faith?" And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, "Who is this? Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him?"
1: Yeah. In 2014, I went to Israel with a bunch of leaders and one of the most amazing experiences for me was going out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And I was amazed at how quick the winds come up. It was honestly very still day. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, halfway out. and I'm like, Oh, things are really picking up. And I could totally picture this happening. Um, so all of a sudden, get this thought that evening had come and Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Now, that's going to be important for the next story that we read in Mark chapter 5. So he says, let's go to the other side. He's And he says, and leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. That's really important. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Jesus in the boat. There's a bunch of other people that are now in their boats, going with Jesus. Typical leader. Mm. Whenever they decide they're going to do something, there will be someone else following them. I like to say that the definition of leadership, um, the simplest definition to know if you're a leader is turn around. Is anyone following you? Right. If you are, you don't. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is uh, you being a great follower of Jesus, following after Jesus, and living your life as an example that people follow i think we get so caught up on i'm going to be a leader let's just be good followers and let's be followers that people can copy Mm. so it's interesting so these other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling so here's the picture all of a sudden they're on the boat the waves are starting to fill the boat and it says but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? It's such a typical question. Mm. Whenever the storms hit our life, we say exactly the same thing. Jesus, don't you care? Mm. And we wonder where he is.
0: Sometimes like, Jesus, don't you know? Can't you see? <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know what I think is interesting is Jesus was there the whole time. Yeah. He was accessible. He was close. I wonder if he was asleep kind of with one eye open. Um, I don't know, but you know, for me as a parent... There are times where, you know, I, I'm asleep, in inverted commas, um, but I'm fully aware of everything going on, and I mm. kind of get this thought about Jesus. Says, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, totally not faced mm. by the storm. The Son of God is not moved by this storm. Yeah. The disciples are moved, freaking out, waves are in the boat, he's not worried. and it Completely says,
0: understandably so.
1: Like- yes, 100%. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? We say the same thing. Listen what he did. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hmm. Peace be still. Notice that he didn't wake up and rebuke them and say, you know, he didn't first go at them. Hmm. He woke up and he spoke to the trouble and the things that were going on. He says, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was calm interesting thought if there are other boats alongside when Jesus steps in and calms the disciples boat what also happens to the other
0: boats well they would be calm too because he calmed the sea that can only it's not like he calmed the sea just where the disciples were it says he calmed the sea right Galilee.
1: so I think that's interesting and if you just think of it as a you know a picture for us mm-hmm. that when God comes and speaks peace to us, We have the ability to affect the atmosphere in our homes, in our schools, in our classes, with our siblings. He says, and he awoke, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What do you get out of that
0: story? Um, it's interesting because this is, a, this is a fantastic story and I've heard it used in sermon after sermon after sermon that Jesus is in the storm and he I know he's in my storms but sometimes I wish he did the calming thing sometimes a lot sooner or yeah. did the calming <laughs> thing. Sometimes it feels like Jesus doesn't calm the storm when you want him to calm the storm. Yeah. But he kind of does it on his own timing or kind of lets you kind of walk through the storm. Um what I, what I just, as you were reading the end there, and I was, it's very interesting. You said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They were afraid of the storm, which is perfectly understandable. If I was on the, if, and these are fishermen, like it's not the first time they've been on the boat. It must yeah. have been a pretty bad storm. Yeah. Um, have you still no faith? And then they were filled with a great fear.
1: I think that's so funny, don't you think? Yeah. That they're going to go and wake the teacher up. Yeah. But they're the ones who have experience on the ocean. Exactly. And sometimes even in things that we think we know how to do,
0: yeah,
1: they're out of our league. And yeah. sometimes God will put us in situations or allow situations that seem beyond our capacity mm-hmm. so that we can understand that he really is who he says he is and he really does have this power and authority.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be interesting. What would have happened if they went as soon as the storm started? Like would that have affected things? Like if they went, uh, you know, Jesus, just waking you up, just letting you know that it's getting a bit windy. It's just, it's literally... So they
1: obviously spent some time trying to fix this themselves. Yeah. You know, Jesus is, like you said, he's had a big day teaching. He wants to go Mm. to the other side. No, no, no. We need to show him that we can do this ourselves. Mm. They don't call him until there's a lot of water in the boat. Yeah. You know, so there's not a sense of, you know, let's just call Jesus. He'll solve it. There's a, we need to fix
0: this. We're going to look, you know yeah, like. Do you think they woke him with going, oh, Jesus will know what to do? Or woke him with, uh, um, like they say, don't you care that we're perishing? Was it almost, how are you asleep right now? Yeah. Like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know with what motivation they would have actually gone to wake him.
1: Yeah, but what we do know that the purpose of this story is to... um really show us that jesus has divine power over nature he has power to calm waves and calm storms i think it's interesting notice where it says he's asleep in the cushion Um, this is an eyewitness detail included only in mark and probably conveyed to him personally by peter jesus is sleeping indicates a lack of fear and also great fatigue a reminder of his true humanity there are possible echoes of Jonah, however, Jonah is fleeing from God while Jesus is restoring people to God. Remember Jonah did the same thing yeah. um, he you know was asleep on the boat, but he you know when they were in a storm, but he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and jesus is, remember he he's come to redeem he's redeeming these stories and the, and he's doing it through this. He says the disciples' fear of perishing is greater than their confidence in the presence of Jesus. Mm. They didn't understand that the Son of God wasn't going to sink.
0: Yeah, we should probably move on; otherwise, we, we yeah. could be stuck here for a while. So I'm going to read, start reading chapter five. They came to the other side of the sea, so they got to the other side. Fantastic! Jesus calmed it. They got to the other side, to the country of ooh, Gara-
1: the Gerasenes. Gerasenes. Now this is interesting. So think about you've got this sea on one side. Mm. Or well, some some even say it's like more like a big lake. Yeah. On one side is the Jewish side, and then we get to the other side in inverted so, commas. The other side was called the Decapolis. They were ten Gentile cities that uh, were on the other side. Mm.
0: Good now, Jewish boys don't hang out with Gentiles.
1: They don't. <laughs> but Jesus is always going. Yeah. To the outsider, he's always going to those that others aren't and it says and when jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately there you go again uh there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in peace. No one had the strength to subdue him. So this is a great welcoming committee for
0: Jesus. Mm. It says immediately as soon as he got off the boat, he's this um kind of weird guy. It says night and day must have been exhausted exhausted after teaching all day and then having a storm and then calming down the disciples and then Straight finally... Straight off and there's found, a crazy guy on the other yeah, side. No wonder he wanted to get away so many times and pray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude needed a break.
1: Verse 5, night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar... so It doesn't matter where life has taken you. Sometimes mm-hmm. you see people and they've just gone through a really rough time. And then even doing stuff that you look at and go, well, that's really weird... Um, I don't know, there are some teenagers and even adults that have issues with cutting themselves and just, you know, obviously really struggling with issues of self-worth and things. So hear what he did. It says, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, what what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me for he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus goes and delivers him from what was tormenting him yeah and then verse 10 it says and then he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him saying send us to the pigs let us enter them what don't jews eat
0: pigs but amongst a whole bunch of other things <laughs> um
1: they were considered unclean yeah they didn't eat You go to Israel today, there is no pork on Mm. the menu. There is no bacon. There's no bacon and egg
0: roll in the morning.
1: So the fact that there's a herd of pigs tells us they're in Gentile City. Yeah. Uh, That's really important. Anyway, so it says, And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled. And told it in the city and the country, and people came to see what had happened. Verse sixteen. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Hang on a minute. Wasn't Jesus doing something good? Why are we begging him to leave? Any idea?
0: Well, if it, it's the herdsman who ran to the city, if I was the herdsman, I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty annoyed too. Like, there's my livelihood gone. I'm raising pigs. I need to feed these Gentiles their their pork and their bacon. Like, I understand this Jewish guy has rocked up. um, He's fixed the local crazy guy, which is great. But then he's killed my pigs, which I need to feed my family. And what does this
1: tell you about Jesus? Remember these stories that Mark, you know, Peter's seeing this and he's telling Telling Mark this, Mm. what is this telling us about Jesus? What does he value? You know, this tells us something about what Jesus
0: values. He's not so much interested in the uh, financial well-being of the herdsman. He's much more interested in the spiritual, physical, emotional, mental well-being of the man who has been tormented for years on end.
1: I think the bottom line here is that he will always choose people over money always and my question is and we're going to end it here today is what do we value you know do we value people over task do we value people over you know do we value you know helping people over earning more money in our part-time job um And I think it's a really interesting and obviously there's a bunch of people I mean this guy's happy, verse 19 and he did not permit him but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and he went away and began to proclaim it in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and look what happened and everyone marveled. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's these herdsmen that are pretty ticked off but there's a lot of people going whoa,
0: what just happened? This is amazing. I think it would have been interesting to see how it would have gone if the herdsman went to Jesus and gone. Um, I, you did that whole unclean spirit kill our local town crazy man. Can I have some? Can I have some help? Like you, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family now. Like it would be interesting. Like you think about uh, the Israelites in as they go in the wilderness. God fed them with manna. Why could if these people? who had their livelihoods destroyed, God could take care of them too. Mm -hmm. But instead of coming to Jesus with a, what have you done? We need some help now. Can you do something for me too? They go with a, my money's gone. You need to leave.
1: You need to think about this man. It's like the leper we talked about before. Mm -hmm. He's a pariah of society. He's looked upon as, you know you would wonder how people would look on him. It'd be like going, you know, into one of our cities and, and you, you know, you might see the homeless or you look people that are really disheveled and you you don't know their story, but immediately you can find yourself judging, wow, that they're a bit weird because yeah. of how you feel uncomfortable. Here's what I think is interesting. Jesus does not shy away from him. This This man falls at Jesus' feet and Jesus, knowing sees him Jesus sees him as a person not you know even necessarily and you know the crazy nature of what's going on but he sees him as a person and there is nothing that Jesus can't deliver him from Mm. and that's like you and I some of you know people that are really struggling with stuff maybe you have parents or friends at school maybe they've been cutting or they're doing things that seem a little bit Weird to you or just people that you know going through mental health things, all kinds of different things. Nothing is beyond Jesus coming in and speaking life and bringing just that freedom that only Jesus can bring and I think that's the message that we want to get through and I think Jesus was you know bringing out in this in this passage that he believes in people yeah um doesn't matter what's happened in your life, he's there to redeem. He saw this man for who he was. Didn't matter what what was going on in his life at the time. Jesus saw the potential for what his future could be. Mm.
0: Fantastic. What a great place to leave it. Now remember guys, this week think about what you value. Are you valuing people or are you valuing valuing what people can give you or what you can get out of people? Have a great week. You'll hear from us next week. Yeah, see you then. See ya.